Mom, can I have a cookie? Okay, maybe just one, sweetie. Thanks, Mom. Hey, they're all gone. What are they? No more cookies? Who took the last one? Mom? Gilly's Goodies, the best home-baked cookies, cakes, and pies in Israel. This Purim, send a Gilly's Goodies care package to an Israeli soldier. Just go to gillysgoodies.com. That's G-I-L-I-S goodies.com. Gilly's Goodies, so good, they're gone. Shalom and welcome to all of you who love God, Torah, and Israel. This is Noahide Nations on IsraelNationalRadio.com. I'm Jim Long, and on the other microphone, as always, is, of course, Ray Patterson. Hi, Ray. Hey, Jim. How's it going today? I'm, I'm glad to be here. Everything's wonderful today. How are you doing? Well, you know, when you get to be my age, you're just glad to be anywhere, Ray. So, uh, <laughs> Baruch Hashem for that. And uh, we've got a great guest coming up, and uh, he's an old friend of, of both of ours, and he's known to some of the folks in the Noahide community, but, be, but we hope after today's show that uh, this gentleman will be known uh, far and wide. And so we're, gonna, we're either going to help George become famous or infamous, one or the other. <laughs> and so, uh, Ray, we'll, what... We'll have him back in, on a later show to, to give us an update on that. Yeah, to give us his, his version of what happened. <laughs> Well, as I said, our guest today on Noahide Nations is George Brock. He is a Noahide. He is also a martial arts expert who has taught uh, self-defense techniques to uh, people all over the world, including people in the armed forces. He's a Vietnam vet. He served in the Air Force. Um, he's also a former Baptist minister. So we have a lot of things to talk to George about and about his experiences and about his teaching methods, don't we, Ray? Well, uh, my friend, uh, George Brock, is, as Jim said, is our guest today. Uh, he is presently the leader of a, a relatively large Noahide group in Texas, and it's wonderful to be here. We've got a, a, an excellent story uh, about his journey to where he is today uh, coming up right now. George, come on here and join us. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Good. Well, uh, uh, as Jim said, we're friends. We, we've known each other for a while now. In fact, uh, you spoke at the uh, World Conference of the Noahide Nations in, in Florida uh, in June. And uh, as always, you, you never let us down. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see your entire presentation, but I, I did have to view the DVD in order to uh, write the description for the DVD. And uh, like I say, as usual, you were at the top of your game. So it's very good to, to have you back here. And, and I know your story is an excellent one. It's a strong one. But let's, let's start with a little background first. Uh, and maybe you can share with uh, the audience, uh, well, first of all, how long have you been in Noahide? Well, actually, we, we started coming out in about 1994, but we didn't know what we were until uh, 2004, uh, and uh, that's when we finally got our identity and uh, realized, you know, that we were knights. Okay. That you were what so now? 90, 94. So uh, you've been around uh, as a Noahide uh, without knowing it for quite some time, but then coming to the realization of it. And so let me just uh, 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 go from, from that. What was it? 
that cause you to realize that, hey, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a B'nai Noak, I'm a, I am a Noahide. How, how, how did that happen for you? Well, actually, uh, one of our uh, leaders, Russell Kirk, uh, received a, a note by mistake from uh, uh, Noahide Nations there, and uh, uh, they were inviting him to a conference and thinking he was someone else. And so we started reading about Noahide Nations, and we realized, hey, that's us. <laughs> and so we were really excited because we didn't know what we were. We knew we weren't Jews, and we knew we weren't uh, uh, Gentiles. And then when we started uh, uh, reading what was on the agenda and everything, we said, that's us to the letter. So we were really excited because, you know, the first thing you want to know is who you are. Well, and that really lightens my heart. Uh, I, I know at least one person has visited the Noahide Nations website. So that's, thank you for throwing that in. I, I appreciate that. Uh, was there any single thing that had caused you to realize that, or was it just a, a, a general overview of, of all the information that was uh, available to you? Well, you know, when we set up, we we set up our group and we said that we was going to seek truth no matter where it took us and um, as I was seeking truth uh, which the most important reason why is a lot of people were staking eternity on what you uh, are teaching and so I wanted to make sure that you know I was teaching truth so uh, that's what uh, began the journey and uh, you know God hides from us ever since the garden you know when he Adam hid from uh Hashem, now uh, God's been hiding from man, and so we had to look everywhere before we finally found God. George, I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you actually, in another lifetime, were uh, <laughs> a previous, uh, a few years ago, You were you a Baptist minister? Uh, I was an evangelist, and then, uh, you know, we started, I started in the, uh, the Baptist, and then uh, I went to the... Um, you know, the uh, word movement under uh, Kenneth Hagin, uh, under, um, uh, you know, their, their covering. And then uh, uh, we started uh, the, a church here in Waco. And, uh, uh, you know, we started seeking truth, and, and uh, this is where we ended up. Well, the main, I guess the main thing I'm trying to get at is that there, there had to be some uh, some. Uh, place uh, uh, along your path, along this search for the truth, that you suddenly found yourself in Torah. And can you remember the specifics of that or what, what event or what teaching finally yes. brought you into Torah? Yes, sir. I tell you what, what I, uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to go back before, you know, uh, Catholicism began. I wanted to go back and see how the disciples of Yeshua how they uh, worship God. And so as I started studying, I found out that, you know, he started his ministry when he was 30, and the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., so that was a 40-year window. And then I noticed that there's a parallel between them and the Jews who had the 40 years in the wilderness. And uh, the difference was that the Torah said God was not made in the image of man, that he was not a man, and Christianity taught that God was a man. So I began to see a pattern uh, with the proof text where it would say one thing, and Christianity, on the other hand, would say just the opposite. You know, I call it the 180-degree rule. Uh, I realized (laughs) that uh, 
one was true and the other had to be living off of the truth. So, uh, you know, one is exactly opposite. They parallel each other. Uh, and then I realized it, the scripture said, Yeshua said that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And then he said that his doctrine was not his own. Well, if he was God, why wouldn't his doctrine be his own? And uh, if uh, he says to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, and the Torah says you don't add to or take away from the word of God, uh, then I realize that if the Christian God and the Jewish God said the same thing, they agreed, then that means that the Old Testament is the basis for truth because that's what Yeshua said. And so, uh, as well as what uh, the Torah said. So, I realized that anything that didn't line up with the Torah had to be a lie. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because you, you just, you've just described what what uh, many of the rabbinical uh, commentaries uh, tell of, of what has happened through history as, as uh, God's people and, and his Torah have, have been transmitted down to us through history, and, and the, the Jewish people have preserved the Torah, that, uh, you know, coming out of, out of Jacob, you know, who was the progenitor of the 12 tribes, you know, his brother, Esau, also known as Edom, or Edom, uh, he was almost like a mirror image of his brother. And so, you know, what you're, you're pointing out is that, you know, all of us who came out of Christianity, we were being led along by, by this sort of badly reflected image of what the truth was. Would you agree with that? I would agree. You know, when I was a Christian, I thought we were following Jacob. But, you know, you even take it back to Genesis 3.15 when they say this is the first Messiah. Uh, scripture, it says that, uh, uh, you know, he's going to crush the heel and, and, the, and uh, the other one is going to crush the head. And it's actually was Esau who was pushing on the head and it was Jacob clutching the heel. Exactly. So even then, it tells you that you know that's the same thing you're saying. Yeah, that's that's the two boys, and that's the struggle that we face today, and that's what all of us who have who've come out of really the the religion that that is was really handed down to us from from Esau, from Edom, and you know this is this is what we finally recognize. So, what was there a particular? Was there someone, or was there a text? That, that was, for instance, that, that sort of light bulb over your head that came on and said, wait a minute, the Torah is true, and everything else is, is a lie. Well, uh, you know, it, the story that you, you were telling about Jacob and Esau, it's interesting because when I started studying, you know, uh, it seems like, you know, when he was getting the birthright that, Abraham had died that day. And so when, uh, uh, you know, uh, Esau came back from the field, he was hungry, uh, and he had, you know, and they were eating this ceremonial meal. He was, you know, he, he, he was saying that the birthright's not going to do any good because if Abraham, who was so righteous, died, there was no hope for anybody in the natural. Yeah. And so he said that God would have to be the one that would save you. So it had to be totally by grace. And so uh, Jacob wanted the birthright because he realized that, that you know, your actions determine who you are. Uh, in other words, if, if you lie, you're a liar. If you steal, you're a thief. You know, so God does judge 
and you are judged by your actions. And so uh, he wanted the birthright because he did know that the things, you know, it's were based, you're, you're judged by your actions. And so, you know, you can see the parallel because that's exactly what people teach. You know, Christianity teaches you're, it's all grace. You know, somebody else has to do it. And the Torah teaches you it's, uh, you know, uh, I've given you the commandments, the Torah, you know, you keep them. And uh, if you do, you're blessed in this world. And, you know, there's blessings attached to them and you're rewarded in the world to come. You know, uh, I know I know Ray wants to ask, ask the next question. And and I I promise to get out of the way so he can ask the next question. But I I have to tell you this is so refreshing because it it uh, it calls to mind the conversations that I used to have when when I had come out of uh, my previous background and and I was discovering Torah, and I remember having a debate with a gentleman, and and he told me that he was quote born again end quote, and and I said well what does that mean? He said well he said um, if he says we used to. Um, you know, when I when I reached out to steal to take something that wasn't mine, he said I sinned, and I said really. He said, well, what happens now? He says, well, now because I'm I'm, I'm born again, he said, uh, if if I fall and I decide I'm going to steal, I really can't sin anymore. And I couldn't get that in my head. I was like, what is that? You know. And what hope have we got in the world if people go around thinking that? Well, I don't steal anymore because I'm saved. So let me have your apple. So, <laughs> but anyway, I, I I had to share that because that was a true story of an, of a conversation I had. But Ray, I know you 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 have a question for for George. It is uh, marvelous hearing you know, stories like this, though, Jim, because uh, when you get down to uh, the the essence of Christianity and and basically any false religion, that's what you find is that there it doesn't make rational sense. No. And and Torah does. Uh, it, it makes so much sense. In, in the beginning, for me, it was almost scary that it made so much sense. And and one thing that George had mentioned that I don't want to let just float a, a, away from here, I want to reel that back in. He said something that is so critical for anyone who is seeking the truth, and that is literally seek the truth beyond just saying it. I mean, anyone can say I'm seeking the truth. I mean, back in the 60s, uh, the, the big uh, uh, buzz term was, I'm, I'm seeking myself. I'm, I'm trying to discover me. Well, you know, in seeking truth, you must get into the Torah, but it isn't something that you speak. It is something that is inside of you. You are so committed to the truth that you will not stop anywhere in your quest to get to that truth. And when you finally arrive there, like it, it did for me, Getting into the Torah and studying it, it made so much sense to me that it was scary. I had to make sure, and so I just kept going over and over and over, and then I would call a, a, a rabbi and, and, and introduce myself and, and ask him questions, and it, it was just something that is, is was so remarkable in, in that way. But if you're not prepared in your heart to seek the truth, you can never expect to receive the truth. And, and and another thing you said too, George, is action. By virtue of seeking the truth from the heart, you're doing the homework. You are your your action is you're doing the homework and taking the necessary steps to receive that truth from Hashem. And if you're willing to do that in all sincerity and all earnest, 
you will receive the truth. It's inevitable. It's built into the system, so to speak. Would, would you would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. You know, this week's Parsha, you know, you throw, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the, the classic movie, The Ten Commandments, you know, Cecil B. the Mills, but, you know, the one line that stands out in that is, Moses, God is God. And, you know, once you realize who God is, uh, that's that's the problem most people have is, is they don't have an understanding of who God is, and, and they think that uh, uh, you know, and they know who Elohim, you know, the creative side of God, but they don't understand you know Hashem uh, and the mercy side, and so they substitute something either you know their God, their King, uh, you know nature, something in nature. For Hashem, you know, to, so they have one attribute, but they don't have the, both of the attributes together, and it's one. And, and it's always the second half that uh, that all of the uh, uh, religions seem to miss it. They just don't understand, uh, you know, the dualistic uh, singularity there. George, you do. Yeah, George, you do a thing, and I don't want to get too far away from. Uh, we want to talk about your journey. But uh, you do a thing uh, that you demonstrated at one of the uh, conferences that we went to that you call. I'm not talking about the karate, because, <laughs> but you do a thing called confrontational Torah, and and I, I think it's based on your experiences of of uh, when you made your journey in the Torah, you discovered you were you were a, a Ben Noach, and that uh, that your group were were you know Noahides. That you had to answer questions from people who who uh, didn't agree with, you know, your your newfound truth, and can you give us a little bit of flavor of, of some of those conversations you had, or some of those confrontations you had, and how you dealt with the standard questions that you got from others who didn't believe the way you were believing? Uh, yes, I, I tell you, the first thing that, that we that I've learned is that you have to identify. Uh, and in other words, it's it's not so much what you're looking at, but where you're looking from. And uh, uh, you you have to see because the people are basically one of three types. They're either uh, what 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 I call an adult, uh, which is someone that you can use reason and logic uh, when you're talking to, or they're children, which are people who are led strictly by emotions, and then there's children. And I mean, an infant and an infant, what an infant does is it just acts. And so, you know that, OK, uh, you know, you can't communicate with an infant. And some people, uh, instead of, uh, uh, you know, like you say, talking or communicating, all they want to do is proclaim what they know, uh, you know, and you're going to get nowhere with an infant. Uh, with a child, you have to uh, teach them that, OK, they're led by emotions, you know, uh, the Gentile world—it's just our mindset. You know, it's a goisha cup. You know, uh, what we do is—you know—if I asked uh, a Gentile, you know, uh, how's the weather in here? They'd probably say, "Well, it feels good or it feels bad." But if you ask someone who uses reason and logic, they'd say, "Well, it's 74 degrees in here." <laughs> and so yeah. you see, we're led by feelings in everything, and we don't realize it's always—it's the way we feel. And so, uh, you know, people. Uh, you know, they don't see things the way they are. They see things the way that they themselves are. And this becomes uh, 
a, a problem but that can be solved through reason and logic. And so you explain to them, you know, uh, I, uh, when I was in college, I was looking for truth. There was over 250 denominations. And I said, uh, where am I going to find truth? I don't have time to study 250 different denominations. So I said, is there anything that is all of them have in common? And I found out every one of them used the, the Torah as the proof text. Well, if that's the proof text, then all of them have that in common. If I start there, then I can get the truth. And, uh, you know, so I start off by telling people that, you know, because uh, a lot of people, they start off uh, seeking for truth. And they say, well, I think I'll go to where I grew up because I feel comfortable there. I think I'll go there because I won't have any confrontation there. And again, it's uh, it's all about emotions. And if you're seeking truth, you want to go where the truth is. And uh, when it comes to, like I say, uh, an, an adult, and you, you know, most of these people who are very intellectual, uh, you know, these are like uh, in our age, it was the hippie movement and so forth, like this. And uh, the um, these people who are kind of, uh, you know, agnostic or, or they think that they're atheists or so forth. Uh, these people, a lot of these people, you can talk to intellectually and they can see it. Uh, so it depends upon who you're talking to. I think that's the first thing you have to do is identify who you're talking to because you have to use the antidote accordingly. Now that's a very good. I love the, the way that you outline that because uh, what we wanted, what we'd like to find out from you because because you seem to have really uh, looked into this very deeply. Uh, but we'll, we're going to have to take a break coming up here in just a moment. But what we'd like to do after the break, George, is uh, after you've determined uh, that you're talking to what what you would say someone who comes to you at an adult level or they respond to you as an adult, how you, how you do reason with them uh, th- that the Torah is the truth. And we want to explore that and also some of your other experiences. I, I wanted to take just a moment to point out uh, some interesting things from your resume. Uh, we've been talking about your background in martial arts. You have, in fact, taught martial arts to the FBI and also to uh, police officers uh, stateside and overseas. And not only is he a teacher in this uh, discipline, but he also has been inducted into the Texas and USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Uh, he's been a longtime Noahide. In fact, uh, one of the conclusions that he arrived at that brought him to Torah was the fact that he decided that uh, God has given the truth to the Jews and they are to teach it to the rest of the world. And that's one of the reasons he's a Noahide. And we'll, we'll uh, talk to George about uh, these ideas and others and about his work with his Noahide group in Central Texas. That's all coming up right after the break because you're listening to Noahide Nations right here on IsraelNationalRadio.com. There's a crisis going on. The nation is under threat. 
and Israel National News, Arut Sheva, Israel National Radio. It's a small group of us that feed the world Zionist community about what is happening in the Holy Land. And we provide the balance. We provide the information when folks want to know what's happening. That's Tovia Singer, the Chief Rabbi of News Talk Radio. Live every Tuesday through Thursday and archived on IsraelNationalRadio.com. My name is Mike from Washington, D.C. I started to have prostate problems about 10 years ago. I had to get up four or five times a night and it left me tired all day. I work in the legal field and I couldn't sit for more than an hour before having to ask for a recess. After taking the optimal product for a month, my symptoms almost disappeared. I can't tell you how happy I am to have found this product. Apuntima capsules made only in Israel. Go now to www.preso.com. That's P-R-I-S-S-O.com. Welcome back to Noahide Nations right here on Israel National Radio. I am your co-host, Jim Long, along with Ray Patterson. And Ray and I are having a fascinating conversation today with Mr. George Brock. He is a Texan, and uh, but he's also a former Baptist preacher who discovered Torah. And it has changed, like all of us, it has changed his life. And before the break, George, we were talking about the way that you relate to people that uh, that you often have to confront or confront you about this question of why you believe the way you believe now, which is in the concept of the seven laws and of, of believing in, in God, Torah, and Israel. And you, had, before the break, you had told us that uh, uh, you, when you got to, when you met someone who you could relate to as an adult, that is by reason. Then, you, then suddenly you could get into the, the crux of, of possibly helping them. Uh, discover Torah. Um, so, okay, you've met someone that you can relate to and you can reason with as an adult. Where do you go from there? Okay, uh, these adults are what I call seekers of truth. Right. Uh, and what you do is, uh, I think sometimes as as Noahides, we get, uh, you know, the cart before the horse. Uh, you know, to, in order to receive the kingdom teachings, you have to first receive the king. And so I start off by, you know, using reason and logic. And, and, and uh, I start with the six uh, principles that Lasato brings out about who God is. And uh, when you, you know, you ask them, you know, God is perfect. Is that correct? Yes, they'll say he, he is perfect. Okay, so you can't add to or take away per, from perfection. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh now, at the uh, at Mount Sinai, when he gave the commandments, he said, I'm not in the similitude of man, nor a woman, nor a beast. You know, at least you go and you, you, you worship those things as God. And so he was in a spirit form. Would you agree with that? Well, yes. Okay. So if he was in a spirit and he was perfect, that means he can't change because you can't add to or take away from, from perfection. So he can't change and become a man who is dependent. Man has to have air, drink, water, so forth. God is, is independent. So if he was perfect in the spiritual realm, he's not going to come to a physical realm because he loses the identity of God because he left perfection. Or if he was going to perfection, uh, and man is perfection, uh, then he wasn't God at the time. So, he, you know, God's locked in to being a spirit. And they can see that, that, hey, how can man who is dependent be become God? 
Now, and then they say, well, God can do anything. Right. Well, God, <laughs> and God can't do anything. This is the problem. See, God can't lie. He can't become a man because he says he's not a man, nor will he repent and become a man. So he, he, he's bound by his, by his identity to, to uh, who he is. An example, atheists always want to throw at me, can God build a, a mountain so high he can't tear it down? And I say, no. And they say, well, I thought God could do anything. I said, well, God's all-powerful. If he builds something so high he couldn't tear it down, he would no longer be God. So he can't go beyond his identity. And uh, then God doesn't have parts. You know, he's a spirit. You can't divide a spirit up into any parts. So if there are three equal gods down here, whoever was the God over them would be God because he had to be the one that's all-powerful and, and is omnipresent. You can't divide a spirit. And so if, if he's everywhere and, and that's all there is, where are you going to put someone else? And, and you start giving them reason and logic, and, and they start seeing that it just makes sense, and nothing else does make sense. Well, George, I think the, the, the point that a lot of people seem to miss in that when they get into these very esoteric arguments about what God can and cannot do, I think what they often forget is that, you know, it, it, sounds, it sounds almost... Uh, uh, blasphemy to say, well, God cannot do certain things. But I think the component that they forget about is that God cannot do certain things because he simply would not do certain things. You know, he has, you know, he has, we we don't know what God is. No man can know that. But, you know, we know what he isn't. And so when, when we see that, you know, like I say, He's not a man. Why? Because, and when we give the examples of why, uh, then they can see through reason and logic that, uh, you know, his essence isn't going to change. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's that's the uh, the way that's the way we handle. It. And when they uh, when they start seeing this, if you come with an open mind and you start seeing the attributes of God, then you can see that it would be impossible. For the creation to become the creator, how, and how far do you get with in a conversation with a person like that before the whole thing is derailed by their emotional side, or do, do you often get past that? Well, you, you know, it, it, it's kind of like you. Uh, we start off with, you know, reason and logic, and we give examples of using reason and logic, and I, I use humor for logic, and, and you know, uh, uh, parables. And stories, and uh, you know, they can relate to those things. And then, you know, that's what Jewish humor is really. It, it's teaching people logic, you know. Sure. And uh, uh, once you can start seeing logic, you know, we don't just we. The thing is, you just give them a little bit at a time. You know, you don't overwhelm them. And this is the biggest thing that I found. Uh, what people do is they try to teach every people everything they know, and the 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 object is not to do that. The object is to explain to them so they will know. And that's the biggest difference is, you know, people want to sit there and tell you everything they know. And, you know, this, these people haven't got a clue what you're saying. It's better for you to explain to them so they can understand something. And then, you know, that's going to be enough to chew on. And then each time as they come back for more, you give more. Uh, and they will come back because they want to know truth. 
because inside of them is that divine spark. You know, it may have a cleap on it, but it, it wants to, to be let, set free. Sure. And they will come back if they're seekers of truth. Well, they're just reaching back for the source of life. And, That's right. Uh, it's it's interesting that uh, you, you talk about Hashem saying that he's not a man. I mean, you can read the Torah, and if you kind of look at it as kind of a, 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 a rule book, our Creator set the rules, and he's not going to violate those rules. Yeah. So when he says, I am not a man, I am not a, a liar, uh, guess what, folks? He's not, and he's not going to change to become that because he, in essence, would be violating his own Torah, which he also cannot do. And, oh, by the way, speaking of atheists, uh, you guys tell me what you think of this idea. I was thinking of coming up with a bumper sticker that said, God doesn't believe in atheists. I think what do you I've, guys think of that? I think I've seen that, but I think it's great if not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. But you know, anyway, you know, I, uh, Ray, I always ask him, uh, have you studied the uh, the Talmuds? Have you studied the, uh, uh, you know, the Mishnah, the Gomorrah? Have you studied, uh, you know, the different uh, Jewish understandings? Uh and, you know, they said, no, you know, they just read a little bit of the Old Testament. And I said, well, the problem is you're not an atheist. You, you know, you're just, you're just uh, ignorant of, of the, the, the <laughs> truth because you, you haven't studied enough, you know. And so right. they, they read a few things and they come up with their own uh, ideas. Uh, you know, they'll study, the, oh, they'll study uh, parts of the Torah. And, and I think that one of the things is in, in Judaism, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, they tell you up front that there's contradictions because they're looking at it from every angle and every side. But in Christianity, there's contradictions, but they tell you it's not a contradiction. And, you know, that's that's the thing that uh, uh, is disturbing is, is, you know, there's no way that Jesus could have, uh, uh, you know, wrote, into Jerusalem on the donkey and the colt and done it before, uh, you know, and in John after and uh, then come in clouds of glory and all, all of this. You know, the, the Jewish understanding of clouds of glory is, is if we prepare for the Messiah beforehand, he will come in clouds of glory. If not, he'll have to come in Jerusalem on the donkey. You know, and they have this thing well jesus came you know is going to come in clouds of glory and then they they put that and then they have him riding on the donkey uh uh you know as an end time thing and he's doing it during uh uh the wrong feast i mean you know it just none of it makes sense (laughs) well that's the contradictions that we often uh that we often run into that are in the uh the new testament as as it's called but uh, anyway ray I, i know you had a question yeah, I, and George, you and I have uh, talked about this before, uh, and I mentioned it earlier in the show that you're the 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 leader of a Noahide group, and uh, I was telling you, wanting to know if you could tell our audience a little bit about that because I know it initially started off as a small group, and now it's uh, uh, just growing and growing and growing. I was wondering if you could share a little bit of, of that with us. Uh, yes, sir. I, I, we have 44 active members. 
you know, we uh, uh, we have we we started uh, a couple of three or four months ago uh, going to a Friday night uh, teaching, and uh, uh, during this time, what we do is is uh, uh, you know, there's a guy named William Glacier. He was a PhD, and, and he wrote that people learn 10% of what they read and 20% of what they hear, 30% of what they see, 50% of what they see and hear, 70% of what they discuss, and 95% of what they teach. So we started setting up a program where on Fridays we'd put them in groups of three, and they would teach one another. And... uh, you know, we had, uh, because I, I'm a martial artist, and a lot of our people are martial artists. In fact, all my black belts are, you know, and, and most of the students become uh, knights. Uh, and we run a program similar to their ranking program, only we use it as a keep-up. You know, you, you get go through five rounds, understanding, you know, we have different questions for each level. Like, uh, y'all, y'all know the three pillars, you know, the, of, of uh, Torah, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, kindness and uh, service. So they have to learn, uh, you know, those three things, one thing in each of those three things, and also, uh, you know, how to, when you are confronted, just like we was talking about on the adult child, but they have to learn how to present the Torah. And, you know, they learn one thing, and then they make another round, and then another round. And after they get five, they change the color of their keeper. And they're just excited about this. And we started like uh, three months, two to three months ago, it was about 24 people. And now we got 44 people because they're just excited about learning. And not only are they excited about learning, they're excited about teaching each other. And so they're getting 95, they're retaining 95% of what they're learning. Wow. That's great. That's great. Now, how many did you start off with? We had about, we had about 20 to 20. Oh, you mean the beginning, the very beginning? Yeah, in the very beginning. Uh, we probably had uh, twenty, and then we 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 did away with Christmas, and we had about five. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, and, and now you're you're forty four strong. Uh, well, these are that, active, yes, sir. That, that is that is a a very nice group. Now, how often uh, as a group do you actually get together during the week? Well, you know, we, we come together on Saturday morning from 10.30 to 12.30 for the Parsha studies. And, uh, you know, that's on the White Nations. And then Friday night, we, we started this, this like I said, this keeper program from 6.30 to 7.30. And now it's going 6.30 to 9.30. Cause he's, and I have to run them off. People, the Gentiles are just hungry for truth. They just, that's all they want. They've been, you know, lied to. And nothing made sense for, you know, 2,000 years. They just want to know the truth. And when you start giving it to them in reason and logic and it starts making sense, you know, and we start our kids, when they're in karate, we start giving them uh, uh, Torah, you know, uh, parables and, uh, uh, you know, aphorisms and acronyms. These people, they just, you know, little kids, they can quote the little stories back to you and mom and dad love it because the kids start showing respect to their parents and and uh you know because they want to not because they're told to and you know we just teach it from day one and then as they grow up most of them want to get into it so that's kind of how it starts 
George, you know, I, I, I think for any of our listeners who, who might think that this is a, a kind of an oddity that you are combining uh, Torah study along with uh, also with, with uh, karate lessons. And uh, I would submit, and I know you, you know what I'm talking about, that this is not so unusual because you and I know of, of a, very, uh, a very unusual and very important figure uh, over in, in, in Eretz Israel, uh, the Abir Yehoshua, who right. is a martial arts warrior. He's a Yemenite who, who practices and teaches martial arts to observant Jews. And uh, you and I have talked about the Abir before, and, and I have been uh, able to attend some of his classes. I've, I've attended as an observer, by the way. So just let's just get that out. I don't want anybody to challenge me to a, a you know a karate <laughs> duel, but I have to say that it's an amazing thing. Now I haven't I have not been to George's classes in Central Texas, but I went to the Abir's classes, and he has the gentlest and the most uh, uh, humble demeanor about him. Yet he looks very powerful, and he starts off every class with a, with a short uh, Torah parsha or and a prayer. And it's so unusual to see someone sit down and, and, and go from Torah into something uh, like martial arts. Um, what what ha- has your group gained from combining those two uh, disciplines, the study of Torah and the study of, of protecting yourself in that manner? Well, you know, uh, the Torah is a little different. A lot of people will say you, re- you repay evil with kindness. And, and the Torah says... You repay kindness with kindness. You repay evil with justice. When you repay kindness with kindness, people are encouraged to do good. But when you repay evil with justice, people are warned from doing bad. Uh, and you know this. You know the, one of the the Noahic laws, uh, our uh, sixth Noah, uh, fifth Noahic law is you have to establish courts of justice. And uh, you know an idea. You know if someone steals your uh, you know your your uh, your your cloak. You know you give them your uh, jacket or whatever. You know, or, or somebody steals your computer. You you know you give them your VCR. That doesn't make sense to the Jews. You know, into the Torah, and it doesn't make sense. You know, if someone wants ten dollars, you give them fifty dollars. That no one. You know, you can't. You know, you you got to repay evil with justice you know not not uh and, and that's our problem uh, you know we go to war and we go over and you know they're better off after they get in a war with the united states we go over there and fix it all up where when israel goes to war hey you know you fix it up you spend your money that you've been using on war to fix up your own land you know that makes sense to me it doesn't make sense to uh uh you know if if you have to defend yourself you always use the minimum amount of force necessary, but uh, you know there's a time and a place where a person has to stand up for something, or he'll fall for anything. You can show mercy and kindness to to uh, what the Torah would claim evildoers, and the evildoer will not return kindness to you. And this is something that we see going on in the world today, because there is an element in the world today, especially among the liberal in, in our country, that think that if you just if you just pat somebody on the back and, and say kind, sweet words to them, they're going to put away their knife that they were about to stab you in the back with. And and well, go ahead. Uh, that would be like a vegetarian standing in front of a bull, 
saying he's not going to attack me because I don't eat meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah especially appropriate with you, you being in Texas. and I, uh, I wouldn't steer you wrong. Well, very good. Very good. You know, Ray, I think uh, we're, we have about three minutes left, and I know you've got a, a couple of more questions, but before you get to them, I, I want to ask, uh, George, if there are listeners in the Central Texas area who would like to join you for Torah study or even karate or one of the other or both, uh, how should they contact you? What's the best way to do that? Uh, you know, we're located at 710 North Valley Mills, uh, and uh, our telephone number is area code 254-772-4474. Yeah, do you have, well, the, how about an email address? Well, in fact, uh, I was going to suggest, Jim, why don't we just have the listeners come through us, and then we'll forward the information to George uh, so good. he doesn't get his uh, email box flooded. Yeah. Uh, and everyone out there that has an interest that you're in the Central Texas area, just uh, get in touch with Jim and I at Hyde at IsraelNationalRadio.com. And I wanted to uh, uh, ask you, too, George, because you mentioned uh, earlier about uh, get, gathering on uh, Saturday, gathering on, on the Shabbat. And uh, you'd mentioned that it goes uh, at, at Noahide Nations. And just so our audience understand what is, is occurring here, is George actually has a group, and he's teaching in front of them live. And then these teachings are also going over the Noahide Nations Torah Learning Center. So you have people, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 people there live, and then another, you know, 15 or 20 people online that are joining you for more or less a, a Sheva Mitzvot service, right? Yes, sir. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the groups, people who come on there from the same state they in the same area, they, they start getting together. Uh, as a result that they didn't even know people were in, you know, their area. And it's really interesting to see them talking one another and getting, you know, each other's telephone number and visiting each other. And then all of a sudden they start in groups, and, and that's what it's all about. Right. It's a group. I, I, uh, it's not an individual. Absolutely. And we need a lot more of that uh, uh, going on. So uh, certainly we here at Nohi Nations uh, uh, hope that you will continue on with the uh, uh, broadcast in the uh, Torah Learning Center, because I know it's benefiting people from a, a wisdom and knowledge standpoint to be able to sit and, and study under you. And at the same time, you're right, they get to meet other Noahides from around the world and sometimes right in their own backyard. So uh, we appreciate that here, and uh, for us, it's always an honor and a blessing uh, to have you as part of the Noahide Nations program. Yeah, George, I uh, just want to jump in here and say thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us, and I hope you'll come on again and share some more of your stories with us. And I'm going to let Ray close things out because we got to get out of here for this week's edition of Noahide Nations. George, thank you so much for being with us today. It was truly an honor and a blessing to have you as one of our guests here on Noahide Nations. And to our friends out in the audience, it's truly an honor and a blessing to have you with us as well. You are what makes this possible and worthwhile. And I will leave you this week with this thought. Always look to the heavens for your strength in Hashem, because, my friends, He is truly always looking out for you. Shavua Tov. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on IsraelNationalRadio.com.
You mean to tell me you don't have an art scroll siddur? No wonder you have trouble following the prayer service. Take advantage of Art Scroll's 33rd anniversary sale where all Sidurim and Chumashim are 33% off. For instance, an English-Hebrew prayer book with detailed footnotes in English, interlinear format, and more. 33rd anniversary, it's 33% off. That's Art Scroll Books on the web at www.artscroll.com slash arutz. Art Scroll Books. Point, click, learn. With Pesach approaching... Tour Plus is offering the English-speaking public a fantastic experience in Israel's leading hotels. Tour Plus has a stellar reputation for being the most professional and experienced hotel operator catering to the Orthodox community. We pay special attention to kashu standards, providing glat bahadrin kosher food, and shmura matzah in each hotel. Visit us online at www.tourplus.co.il and click on English at the top. That's tourplus.co.il. Tour Plus, for the complete vacation. 